I think I'm ready to go. All right. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think. I am ready to go. Okay. Okay, well, I'm glad you gave it a nice long think. strangers on the internet welcome back to nitwick the podcast about friends and video games this week we dive into expanded universes and games what's our experience what do we like about it what do we dislike about it how many avengers jokes can we make you'll find out later until then my name is drew i think you're pretty special and great but not in that way i'm sorry and um if i could be a superhero for a single day within reason uh, I'd like to have Iron Man's suit because it's super, super freaking cool. Um, yeah. and I think I'm going to go okay. with that. I take it back. Can I, Thor. can I just, I want to interject for a second. What's um, up? I had no idea why you were asking us about what superhero you'd like to be for a day. I was like, that's a weird and random question. And then you got to the end of the intro and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, it makes sense now. It all comes together. Uh, every Damn. every every joke of mind. mine is funny in my mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I guess. In my mind. <laughs> so you'd have Iron Man's suit for a day. I would have Iron Man's suit, but I kind of want to switch it to Thor because Thor is technically a superhero, but I want to like steal all that Nordic mythology and just be like, yep, I'll have all that too. Um, so it's a two for one. So oh, I'm going to take wow. Thor. Wow. <laughs> Can I? You, th- you think Iron Man is worthy of wielding Meow Meow? Uh, Milnir? No, he is not. That's why he will stay on the ground and make fancy robots that we can all enjoy. Cool. What's up? Well, I just, oh. I've, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about mythology, so just talking about oh, North mythology, I'm like, I could tell you so much! <laughs> uh, Neato. Hello, my name is Adam, uh, and if I could be a superhero for a day, uh, damn, oh. there's too many. There's too many that I actually would want to be. <laughs> you gotta pick one. I have one. Do you the, need, do you need problem, a moment? Do you want me to go? Adam, just say Goku. Did God, can I be Goku Goku's for a day? Shonen protagonist. Uh, he counts. Yeah, he's a superhero. He he's a he's in his own way. But this is Adam's show, so Adam. Oh, man. See, the thing is, like, currently I want to say, can I just be All Might for a day? Like, that'd be great. Hey, those are so superheroes, much, yeah. I could be, I get so much done as All Might. Um, I don't even know what his quirk is, so. But I'm going to say this. I think I would take, I actually would also take uh, Iron Man, but I don't want to just be Iron I want to be Tony Stark for a day. So I have like a kajillion of dollars and like this hyper intelligence to be like, I, I'm going to solve so many damn problems right now. Uh, arc reactor, bam. Uh, unlimited food supply, bam. Water supply, bam. All right. Well, I got a lot done in a day. <laughs> wow. I like it. I like it. I mean, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and next is me. I'm Zach, if you weren't aware. I am, uh, sometimes they call me socially awkward. <laughs> is that your superhero? But, yeah, sure, why not? Damn. Um, but Some people my... would say that's uh, just a normal everyday quirk, but no, I guess that's a superhero power. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the day there is an X-Men that's superpower is making everyone feel awkward is the day I'll be like, that's me. I feel like that's gotta be somewhere. Like in the dregs of the background episodes, right? Like, oh, there's gotta be someone. I I don't know. But uh, if I could be a superhero for a day, I'd probably just take the Spider-Man suit. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want to be Spidey for a day because I don't feel like being a high schooler. But I would take that suit because, come on, who does not want to? But swing isn't off isn't of Spider Man's isn't Spider Man's powers like the body, not the suit? I mean, I'll take the I'll take the powers too. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of get the whole package. It all comes with it. Yeah, it all comes. It all comes together, and then I swing off buildings. Feel fun for a day. Yeah. Mm. And you know, you don't have to be high school Spider-Man. Spider-Man actually does like get a little older as time goes on. That's true. I would definitely take the post-college Spider-Man. Oh, there you go. That's the way. That's the Yeah. Way. Yeah, definitely. That's right. Go there. His name is Peter Spiderman and he works a part-time <laughs> job. Oh, gracious. Um shall we shall we get to that there episode topic folks? Is it time? Are we ready? Sure, but I do I just have to interject something cuz I found this out the other day. Apparently there's a new Spider-Man comic event that's happening and one of them is literally and it's all these different Spider-Man like interpretations and stuff. Mm-hmm. One of them is called Spider-Man and it is literally a collective group of spiders p- like posing as a man. That's <laughs> fuck yes. I love it. I was gross. so um, I'm so upset, and like as soon as you said Spider Man, I was like, "What did that? What was that weird thing I heard about Spider Man today?" It was like, "Oh fuck, it's that." Uh, yeah, that's like a fun it. one. That's a fun one. I love that. No, it's fantastic. No, terrible. Then you just like it. you open up the suit and go, "Oh god, spiders!" Like okay, I'm done. It's okay. I just, okay. just want to bring that up. <laughs> Great. Well, let me just like completely not think about a man made of spiders because that's horrifying. And instead, yeah. talk to you about our lovely topic today, which you might have guessed by reading the title and listening to me, is expanded universes in video games. Um, we had an episode about a year or so ago that covered supplemental content in games, and we had some more feelings and thoughts on it, and this is sort of a continuation of that episode. Uh, we'll hmm. be linking that episode in the description of this particular one, and, uh, spoiler warning, slash general warning, uh, way back when, uh, our audio was very different, so, um, I'm be ready for sure. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I am, like... 90% positive that way back when we weren't using the current mics we're currently using. Uh, not only that, so to, to tangent out, I we weren't using the current mics we're using. We weren't using the current recording software we were using, so we were all on one audio track. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. We weren't recording through Discord. We were recording through Skype. Also. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of difference, and it's weird to hear like a year's time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's trippy. It's trippy. I'll give it that. Um, but yeah, by all means, take a look at that. Um, and if you don't want to scrape your ears off of your skull, you can listen to this one instead, where the audio quality is slightly better, but the content is still the same. Winking through the computer at you, you beautiful human being. In also, any case, <laughs> also Jim. I'm winking mm-hmm. at you, Jim. Oh man, Jim, Jim, if you're out there, come home. Got it. Yeah, Jim, this is enough's enough. Just get back here. <laughs> All yeah, right, come on. So, we'll so watch that we, back. Shall we talk huh? about expanded universes, gentlemen? Is that what we're That's up right. to? That's right. That sounds about right. Or we could talk about in- inverted universes. Um, what the fuck is an inverted universe? I don't know. I was trying to think of something. <laughs> well, a story that gets less and less complex as you add more and actually becomes even more like fucking basic as you add in- information. Amazing. <laughs> well, I actually love this idea of a... Wow, oh, this premise a... is so interesting. <gasps> oh my god, that's true. Oh, A contracting there are... universe. There we go. 
oh, there are some stories that get stupider as you expand more. <laughs> and, like, they become more and more, like, derivative and dumb. Oh, and I have an example. Oh, I'll tell this later. Okay. <laughs> Hold on oh, to that. Man. Remind yourself. Um, possibly for the post-talk. But for now, expanded universes in games. And let us just clarify what we mean by expanded universes. We mean games that have some sort of lore or some sort of characters that perhaps aren't the core aspect of a story being told or of a game being played. And the people developing it decide, hey, we would like to expand upon these different aspects, bring in some new sides of a story, some new characters, and we'd like to do it in perhaps a novel way. So that's sort of the take today. That's the what we're normalizing on. And um, yeah, let's just open it up by saying, what is your experience with Expanded Universes, folks? Who here, mm. who here wants to go first and tell us I'll about their life? I'll go first. Life? Go for it, Zach. Go for it, Zach. I shall bravely go where no man has gone before. Mm-hmm. Go and on. into the realm. The realm? Of the Halo series. Oh, that's Hey, so you mentioned this in the last one. <laughs> I did. I bet I did. Um, But yeah, there's a huge expanded universe for the Halo series. Mm-hmm. Like, there's Halo, there's Halo, Halo 2, and Halo 3, which are mm. largely concerned with the Master Chief. I don't know as much about the later ones, uh, but... It has a whole bunch of extra side stories. Yeah. They had like a whole I RPG remember... and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember in the supplemental content one, the and again, for the supplemental content one, we were pretty much just talking about almost, uh, we were almost talking about just like individual pieces instead of wait. like the greater concept. Uh, say again? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was putting my phone on the right Wi-Fi connection and I was looking at available networks and one of them literally said Simon Belmont. What an... What a completely random and I'm sorry, thing. it just <laughs> came up. <laughs> Die, Wi-Fi. All right, so, anywho, Zach, this is for you, just so you know, uh, in the supplemental content one, like I said, as we were kind of talking more about individual pieces of expanded universes rather than the entire the entire concept of one, um, you had mentioned, you had talked mm-hmm. in great depth about Halo and Halo Reach, so maybe you could tell us more about the other bits of the halo expanded universe that aren't just reach i mean there was also odst Mm -hmm. and i love bees which are the two ones i probably know the best um odst being sort of like this side story that sort of um expands the universe by showing you what those odst troopers do and sort of um sort of the gravity of the mission that they're on because you're a lot weaker than you normally are in a halo game uh when you're playing odst um Mm -hmm. you also get to see more of nathan fillion and that's that's not a downside I remember uh, playing it and thinking this was because I'm not all hopped up on the lore like uh, like I haven't read all the books like you have mm-hmm. um, or the books you have read. I'm not sure how hopped into Halo you are these days, but I remember playing uh, ODST and thinking that, you know, this was kind of what I really liked and wanted more of in Halo. Like it felt less mm-hmm. like I was this big badgering, like I'm a take on the universe uh, kind of character and it was kind of cool to just be like, oh, I could totally die right now. This is mm. weird and scary. Yeah, you felt a lot more <laughs> fragile in that game. Yeah. Mm. I think if I remember correctly, ODST was one of those examples that we used before of like a really mm. good uh, piece of content that helps an expanded universe because like most of the time you are playing as this unstoppable character as, as like a master chief. You seem to be doing everything. Um, even when like, you know, you as the player character are dying over and over, you, you don't feel like that in danger, I don't feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but like ODST, I remember being like, yeah, your dude's like basically paper thin. You're going to get like blown up like in a minute. Oh yeah. 
I do like um, how it was mixing up the just like the gameplay, right? Like it wasn't just like, oh, it's Halo, but it's a new character. Don't worry about it. It was like, no, like things are significantly different, and that's reflective of who you are. Like that's something mm. that's something pretty sweet, and that's something that you I think you would only really get in a game versus like a movie or a comic, right? Like you could have expanded universes and characters in the MCU till the end of time, but you're still gonna be reading and watching in the same way. So. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a neat thing they did. It made me made me a little jolly when I did it. Can I uh, can I ask you, Zach? Yep. Which part of the Halo expanded universe did you enjoy the most, or which one? Maybe the one that you enjoyed the most, or the one that you felt add added the most to the greater Halo universe of the games, of the games, or of the books, or of <clears throat> the. You said there was like a tabletop now or something or did i miss miss here that oh that was like oh yeah now that was uh years ago someone wanted to make a fan tabletop rpg there might mm-hmm. also be a board game but i wouldn't know about that mm-hmm. uh, okay i think man if they actually made a tabletop rpg that'd be uh that would be the source but if you're like i want more okay there you go but uh i would say um i probably got the most out of reading the the halo reach book mm-hmm. and um following the uh arpg mm. the do, well not arpg the the arg the oh I the love i bees love bees thing. yeah because yeah, i love bees like went into some serious detail about this like weird conspiracy that was going on at that time and i was like wow that's a really interesting aspect and then it was like and this is halo and i'm like what the f-? i mean well, it was kind of present- it was kind of presented yeah. to you that way but as it but it sort of ex showed itself to be part of the halo series as it went further in for the mm-hmm. for the i love bees thing did that i know that's the arg did that actually lead into halo like was it actually talking about Halo, or was it just like a this is an arg to promote the game rather than give you tidbits of the story it didn't tell you a lot um it wasn't something that told you about i think it was like halo 3 that it was this came out around mm-hmm. um but what it did do um was contextualize civic life um in human controlled space oh okay um the reason I ask this is because some args are literally just like, hey, we've made this cryptic so you can get to a code to see a trailer. And oh, all yeah. the things you're doing have absolutely nothing to do with anything. Yeah, no, all the things you were doing don't don't directly aren't directly influenced by the game. You were you were like uncovering some random conspiracy somewhere else in the world. Um, but the over the course of the the ARG itself, you learned a lot about um, like you've mostly followed like a military family. And so mm-hmm. you learned a lot about sort of like how they structure themselves. You you got a lot about how civic life is structured. Um, it was just really strangely informative about the Halo universe. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, I guess I'll go next then as far as discussing experience with the expanded universe of the world. Um, I've got mixed experiences in the sense that I typically... There are some games that I get really involved in the lore with and just, like, want to learn more about. Um, and then there are games where I want to put it down and be done with it. And, you know, that kind of paints the way I hunt games and decide what to play and what not to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so with me, I'm kind of... I feel pretty good about expanded universes. I'm not going to hate on them. It's just a matter of if I'm already invested in the core world, great. If I'm not, I don't typically think it's a, it's going to pull me in. That Mm -hmm. said, um, we got to talk about Half-Life right now because Half-Life, you know, Valve's beautiful baby that everybody loves, um, has a sister series and that is Portal. 
and Portal is super cool, super great. Right. Uh, I always forget can, Portal's in there. <laughs> you do, because it was kind of a gotcha at the end, um, which I thought was a really nice way to present it as an expansion of that world, because it was a twist on the mechanic. It had a lot of shared, I don't want to say content, but shared um, feel, if that makes sense. It was made in the same engine. Yeah, yeah, mm. no, exactly. Um, but I just thought that as far as like expanding the lore and the way a world looks and feels, it was pretty clever because uh, it absolutely didn't need to be a part of Half-Life. You could have just not had those hints and those pieces that tied it together. But I think the game gained a lot by having that huge universe actually be a part of it. I don't know. I just, I'm not sure what you guys feel about with Portal. It might be like at this point, something that everyone's talked to or talked about to death. But I just thought as far as like, hey, this is a really clever, smart way to not force someone to, like, know all the lore of this world and of this universe and what's going on. Like, you can mm. ease, you can yeah, ease into cool. Half-Life through Portal. And it's a nice, happy way to start off your dystopia. And I think that's kind of clever and kind of neat. So, um, right. you know. did It's interesting to me because I remember Half-Life felt very... Uh, kind of self-contained like it didn't actually feel like it needed an expanded universe and it was mm -hmm. interesting to me that portal kind of became an expanded universe for half-life yeah can i oh go ahead oh yeah i was just uh, agreeing with you and uh i guess i kind of wanted to follow up with i don't know how to count this just because fan projects are kind of their own realm but a lot of half-life like uh mods actually went into great detail about ways the universe could hypothetically be expanded so i guess mm. it was just really neat to see a game officially do it um and again this is just coming from like a super fan who's like oh my god like when i found out they were connected i was like like my mind kind of exploded like like young little drew was super down with the entire idea even though it you know kind of came out of left field as far as i know gotcha <laughs> can i ask you with uh and this is, this is going to sound like a kind of a weird question, but since we are talking about expanded universes, um, one of the things that always kind of gets me, that makes me think about expanded universes is, and this is something we kind of talked about in our supplemental content episode, mm -hmm. was does a series like actually need an expanded universe or like was it planned from the beginning that this would be expanded or did it feel kind of like tacked on? You know, uh, I, my thought, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to ask, when you were playing Portal and you said at the end, it, it's revealed that, I think it's like revealed that it's actually tied into like Black Mesa or Aperture or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Did it feel like it was legitimately like woven in well, or did it feel like a, we need to connect this and hype this up somehow kind of I, deal? Uh, I would say, and you're totally right, your mileage is going to vary on how you connect different things together. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say in this case, like, it was obvious that this wasn't, like, part of some grand master plan that, you know, Valve had cooked up years in advance. Like, I think most cases where, you know, you think that's the case, it usually isn't. Um, but I think the way they did it was, it was cute, right? Like, it was clever. It was like, oh, well, you know, that's fine. Like, I, it, it's there if you notice it and if you care about the other pieces. They kind of did it the way Marvel did, honestly, in uh, some of their movies, where, like, they have those background details, and if you know what it is, like, you jump out of your seat and go, oh my god, that's the gauntlet, we're, we're all gonna die. Um, but if you don't, it's just, like, a cool background detail while someone's shooting a fireball at someone, and, you know, you don't really think anything of it. So... I don't know. I, I feel like this is one of the cases where it was subtle enough for people who knew about it to kind of feel that nice sense of like, haha, I see what you did there. 
Um, and for the people who didn't, like, they didn't lose anything. Like, I think if you play Portal and you don't know it's tied to Black Mesa and Half-Life, you're not going to be pissed off or feel like you're missing a part of the story. It's just a cool piece of the puzzle, you know? Yeah. So, so you're saying, like, sometimes... Because, I know again, I know we talked about this in the supplemental of, like, how uh, sometimes, like, extra bits of content or even, like, expanding universes can kind of patch up or expand on stuff. You, you felt like this was done well, where it was like, hey, here's a nice little kind of twist on portal that it's actually connected here i felt like it i felt like it was a smart way to tie things together um and i don't feel like anything was lost in doing it like i don't feel like portal is lesser because it's a part of the half-life universe i feel like you could play it i guess do whatever mm. you will (laughs) do you think it would have done as well if it wasn't connected to half-life i mean I, I think it would have sold because it was literally sold in a bundle with Half-Life and Team Fortress 2. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's kind of hard to get around. <laughs> like, it's I see like, where you're coming from. Like, in most cases, oh, you'd no. totally be right. <laughs> oh, no. And by the way, I'm not trying to be antagonistic or anything to Portal. I guess I was just kind of trying to poke at kind of some of the concepts of an expanded universe of, mm-hmm. like, did it need to be expanded? And it, uh, it was just kind of, like curious to me to see like yeah you know i guess portal would like really stand up on its own so to me it like as an outside observer mm-hmm. it always kind of felt weird that they hooked the two up because it didn't feel like they needed to but then they did and it's like oh that's kind of neat mm-hmm. now there's all this like expanded stuff you kind of just got for free yeah and like i mean you have the perspective of not half-life super fan so for you i'm sure maybe your perspective is totally different versus me who was just like again i had my reaction and it was probably the calculated reaction they would want mm-hmm. um and like you can totally do spin-offs and like expand eu stuff where it's like oh why why did you do this oh you were trying to sell this game that probably wouldn't have done so well otherwise um uh, there's, I think we both share the notable uh, DMC reboots where the common criticism is, why was this a Devil May Cry game? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is one case where I it gets my seal of, this works for me and I'm happy. So yeah, That makes sense. <laughs> uh, actually, I just thought of an example for myself that, that kind of works like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're talking about expanding universes, an example that I, I've recently become more aware of that I wasn't really aware of in the previous one was, did you know Street Fighter has an incredibly big expanded universe? I really? did not. It has a... It ha- <laughs> All right, here's the thing. Street Fighter has a fucking massive expanded universe. And Street Fighter... And see, th- you guys had the exact same reaction that I think most people would, where you'd think like, okay, all of, all of the stuff and all the things you need to know are in the games. And like the basic bits and all you need of all the street fighter if you're interested in the characters and kind of the story that they all because all the street fighters do have kind of a story that they're telling right through everybody's arcade modes and like because when you beat an arcade mode with a character you get a story bit and then it kind of builds this collective story together as you do all the routes yeah yeah. or um but if you're interested there is also a huge huge catalog of comics that kind of do what we thought were good examples of supplemental content where you don't really need any of these things but when you read this it kind of recontextualizes why this happened or why this character would feel this way about somebody else um Hmm. and it was one of the things that got me was i remember reading do you guys know the character sagat uh he's the big uh muay thai guy he's got the eye patch and this giant 
scar across his chest. Well, let me look this man up. So uh, I got... This is probably covered in the game, but I didn't really realize oh, this guy. that there was there I... was like a whole comic story about how he got that scar from fighting Ryu, and he almost beat Ryu like fair and square, but Ryu had to like use his like dark side and like like uppercutted him and gave him that giant gash, and that caused him to be like, I think I'm done, like being like trying to pursue like world domination. And it's like Huh. You know, in the game, that just kind of came off as a, oh, hey, Ryu beat him. But in the comic, it's like, no, there's, like, a, a lot more subtlety and stuff in here. And there's tons of this shit. Like, every character has, like, their own, like, feels like own comic line in the Street Fighter Expanded Universe. Wow. That's awesome. Like, if you want lore on Street Fighter, there's a lot of it. That's kind of intense. <laughs> I didn't know oh. that. Um, wait, hold up. I my question would be then. I thought Ryu fought for honor. I thought he was an honorable dude. How come? Well, how come he? How come he did him dirty? Like, what's going on? Well, why do you use the dark so, side? Why isn't again, our good good hero boy a dark guy? Now this is the thing. <laughs> I I really got into Street Fighter with Street Fighter four and five. So some of this stuff I'm also like kind of picking up as people tell me. Right. My understanding is is that ryu fights to find like why should you gain strength and stuff like that but inside him because he is pursuing strength so single-mindedly there is like this dark it's kind of like there's this dark energy in him that would like would basically say i could you could be so strong but you're trying to restrain this to find honor in this kind of deal okay so he's not like goku where He's no, just such a ball of sun. He's he's the monkey king, so he's just such a ball of sunshine. He's not gonna ever turn dark. Yeah, it's kind of like the if you use this power, you could just wipe somebody. But he doesn't want that. He wants to rely on his own strength. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, uh, and it was actually in the, I think one of the comics explained this well. Uh, and actually, I think it was one of the the stories they adapted for the Street Fighter animated movies, mm-hmm. um, where he he's almost beaten and he's like i just want to win i want to win and he uses that power and like does this like uh sure you can on sagat um, dang well see there you go there you go didn't know it didn't need to know it but lo and behold you can explain it all to us and yeah. and it's out and there then, if we care it's out there if we yeah. care the other bit and kind of what what made me think about it because i was asking you drew about you know did it feel like portal and half-life need to be connected apparently final there's a capcom has a beat-em-up series called final fight that is also connected to street fighter like they exist in the same series and that's why hagar and cody show up in street fighter because mm-hmm. they're not street fighter characters they were final fight characters that just showed up as cameos and now those two universes are so entwined with each other they have to be the same thing oh. it's like that's kind of neat huh interesting i I've not seen that where, like, two franchises... Because they were owned by the same group, right? It was just a matter of, like, oh, it's just convenient to merge these guys. And, and that's what happened? Like, they just became one over time? Or... Well, that's my... That's kind of my... Yeah, so they're both Capcom. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of my understanding where, like... Uh, unless, and there might be a piece of video game history I am missing mm-hmm. that would say, oh, yeah, Final Fight was supposed to be, like, a new-gen Street Fighter. And that could be the case, but it was always... It was a big shock to me to find out, like, wait a minute, these guys are the same from this series. Those seems totally unrelated, but I guess they're the same. Hmm. So wait, is Final Fight still going on? Like, is it its own separate thing, or is it like... um... I don't don't think it's still going on, because I don't know... I don't think it's still going on. I think they ended that one. But I know uh, there were a couple of games in that series, and it's kind of morphed into... 
there hasn't been any final fight mm-hmm. but like the final fight characters keep showing up in the street fighter games like cody shows up in um uh, like street fighter four and five guy who is a final fight character shows up in four or five well i hagar doesn't hagar shows up in marvel so there's huh. that huh See, see, this is having the expanded universe effect of you started in one point and now, now we've we've gone all over this here map. So they're doing something. They're doing something right. So there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, Zach, do you got do you got another one for us? Do you want to uh-huh. repeat the cycle? Um, you know, I have a good number. I have like many, many, many examples. And let me oh. tell you about some of these obvious and clear examples that I have. <laughs> And I most definitely am not getting distracted looking at my bookmarks. Um, so Stop I looking at your bookmarks. <laughs> Such an honest man. <laughs> uh, listen, man, they're really old bookmarks. But uh, I think I'm going to tease this one for last. I think, did I talk about uh, the Nier series last time? You did. You talked about okay. how some of the, I think it was like the Shadow creatures you would understand what they were talking about right yeah so there there would be that that was just playing the original game multiple times mm-hmm. um there are a couple other things in near automata but if i already talked about the near series then let's move on we can move on to can i i just want to talk well, about a let game. me say this about near oh, do yeah. you know that near has a bunch of stage plays and, yes and musicals yes i have no idea what they're about sweet gods really, they're basically what are just, they about Mm-hmm. Sorry, there are lots and lots of backstory for Nier Automata. Okay, let me be honest with this. This kind of goes to my my I, the original the why I originally posed the supplemental content thing back in the day of like, mm-hmm. did it feel like you had to go see these things to get more context or like you know you don't you don't need to in order to understand Nier Automata. Mm-hmm. It just gives it's just extra story and mind you, some of those stage plays came out before Nier Automata did. Well, I know they're not just near automata ones. Like some of them are for like near. I did not like know that. there was a near stage play. Well, I think they're like they're not stage plays so much as they're audio dramas kind of deal. Oh, right, those as well. Yeah, there's a bunch of that crap too. You don't need to. You don't need to view any of that content to understand those games. Those Zach, they're you hard to understand. Me a on the diagram own. of of all of the near related. Like the near, effectively a diagram of the near media expanded universe. Yeah. Um, can you give us like a high mm-hmm. level just so that our audience has um, the slightest inkling? Because I'm not sure if you covered oh that before god. or not. It's, it's been a while. Um, the near, oh god. It's basically like there's near and there's near automata. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Dragon Guard series, to which only really Dragon Guard 3 is relevant because that's where you get the connection. Or like, sorry. The original Drakengard, which has a connection to um, the Near Universe. Mm-hmm. Basically, the joke end of Drakengard is the actual beginning of the original Near. And was then, it the joke one or just like a particular ending? I, I was always was, the impression it was like, this is just an ending. Listen, and then man. And spawns out of it. I, I mean, it's kind of that, but it's also kind of like, and then you teleport to modern day Tokyo and fight the boss there. Huh. like that's that's the ending in dragon guard that leads to near um and so you do that and uh there's in addition to that there's a number of there's a number of audio dramas there's uh, a bunch of stage plays that mm-hmm. actually get acted out like a like a real fucking play uh and there's video of it and i've seen it and it's very strange and then 
there's a bunch of written works, like a bunch of little short stories that Yoko Taro wrote. Now, mind you, Yoko Taro wrote literally all of this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he just really likes the setting or something. But yeah, and I think that's it. And so basically, like, the high level is Drakengard leads into Nier, and then Nier 10,000 years later becomes Nier Automata. Hmm. Like, that's that's pretty much it. That That's how they connect, at least. Yeah. But you'll yeah, see, remember... like... Mm-hmm. But you'll see, like, in Nier Automata, there's lots of references to the original Nier, and then the sort of, like, supplemental material, like, the like goes into way more detail about what it all means so like if you get a near fan who's yelling about like red eye that means they've probably read some of the supplemental content because it's the only place you're going to fully understand what in the living hell they're talking about Hmm. so so there is it's not a matter of like gated off content but it's a matter of like there's a lot of winking and nodding if you know if you're in the know is what's going on yeah it's not it's not in your face Mm. about it though yeah no like i went through near automata i had literally not played any of the previous near dragon guard games Mm. and i had sort of like a cursory knowledge i'd watched like a couple videos to catch myself up and Mm -hmm. i caught pretty much i i like i didn't catch everything clearly but I was able to spot enough and be like, oh, okay, I think that's kind of a reference, and this game's weird enough on its own. Do you think that, um, so you, you would say that, pro- like, the Nier is kind of expanding the universe and all of its, like, it, it's the, it's games, it's all of its, and included in the Drakengard series. Let me ask you this question, do you feel like Nier has kind of overtaken the Drakengard series? Probably, definitely. I mean, it- Automata like, has probably sold more than the entire franchise has. Oh, uh, I have a, you d- yeah, I you have no doubt that. Um, I guess, but I guess as a as a question I was asking is like, would this be like one of the only examples where a fucking expanded thing or like a spinoff has now overtaken the main? Oh yeah, line? dude, Nier has totally taken over to the Dragon Guard series. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm a Dragon Guard or Nier expert, but my mm-hmm. gut feeling was that Dragon Guard one, two, and three were very niche. Near kind of hit mainstream for like a little bit, but not really. But near Automata did, oh, and yeah. I feel like this is the only example of an expanded universe where I'm sure this is not, but it's the only one I can think of right now where it's like the they spinoff did so well that I feel like we'll see ex- like more explained and seen of near and near Automata than we would of the thing that originally spawned them. Yeah, hmm. that wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, because the original Dragon Guard didn't sell very well. The second one just wasn't a very good game, and then the third one had a good story but terrible, terrible combat. And so <laughs> Dragon Guard sort of fell on its face. And who knows if we'll see another one? Maybe Yokotaro will just beg them, beg Sony a bunch, and eventually they'll just let him make another one. You know, I, <laughs> Sorry, I can't beg, think beg of another Square series that where that happened. Where like, hey, let's make this joke game. Oh, it's so much better than everything else we've done. Let's just roll with that yeah that's that's pretty yeah. interesting is there any other example of that or any other like case of that or scenario because i don't know like when i think of expanded universes i think of like a main thread and then everything else kind of branches off from it but here like or the branch just not hear grew me. like a weed and it did um <laughs> the branch became the tree mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah i can't think of anything well, uh not off the top fair. of my head at least that's fair that's fair um well, if you don't mind, Zach, I would like to bring up, um, I would like to bring up the curious case of Metal Gear Revengeance. That there being, <laughs> that there being, the like, glorious I... Revengeance. Well, because it is a spinoff, and I would argue it is a part of the Metal Gear Expanded Universe, which is relatively expansive. Um, 
Yeah, it's I'm got just... lots of pieces and lots going on that I'm pretty sure was not part of the original package. Yeah, um, I, so just to mention something about Metal Gear, I've never like. There's a later question about expanded universes you want to know more about. And I'm like Metal Gear, obviously, because I huh. barely know anything about that. But yeah, keep going. Oh, um, yeah, I know. I I wanted to bring this one up just because um, because it was so radically different from the core series that I I wasn't really sure how to qualify it or how to like think about it because I think this is the case of. I think Adam was t- saying earlier, like, sometimes by tying a game to another franchise, you increase its likelihood of sales. And oh, yeah. that's, like, that's how I felt about Revengeance. That's, is like, it's, that's what they tried to do with the uh, Metal Gear zombie sim. Oh, uh, well, I mean, that's just, that's just marketing. Like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even want to, that's, that's not even Metal Gear as far as I care. Listen, <laughs> it, it is. It's part of the Metal Gear universe. I mean, that, that's, that's great. That's great. Metal Gear universe has, has robot unicorn zombie things. That's nice. Um, I, I'm a salty man. Um, but I would, I don't know. It's, I played through some of Revengeance and again, it, <laughs> it's something where even though I wasn't personally thrilled by it, it still seemed like, okay, this is kooky. This is weird. This belongs. I mean, you know, um, that that's the two requirements for being part of the Metal Gear series. As far as I can tell. Well, they used to be a bit more serious. Like, like before we got straight up like robotic ninjas, like climbing up a building and slicing a robot in half with a red hot sword. Um, <laughs> we we did have some political intrigue going on, and to be fair, it's still in revenge. Still, yeah, it's still there. You end up fighting a senator. You, you do, you do, and he, he's got he's got opinions. He's got he's got thoughts and feelings. Yeah, um, he has he has feelings about nano machines. He does. Uh, but no, um, I thought this was a pretty interesting case of it where it deviated so radically from the core series and from the core franchise that like it it almost feels like a like an interesting addition because of the novelty. And I know that we have a lot of examples where there's like slight tweaks, slight variations in the way you play. This is the one I found where it was like, whoa, this is like this is like just something different that they have tacked on together. And there's the cynical part of me that's like, yeah, tacked on for a reason. And then there's the part of me that's like, yeah, but like, if you're into this, then like, congratulations, you have this new chapter and area to explore. And that is kind of the intent of an expanded universe, isn't it? To like, give you something weird and different enough to like, keep you around. I don't Um, know. Hmm. I think, I think just adding a new perspective, like ODST wasn't so wild um, mm -hmm. as the previous example, but I can kind of see the, uh, I can kind of see what you mean in a sense that, like, to give you a different perspective, or maybe like a different play style, or maybe a different, um, a way of thinking about the series. I, I can definitely see that, especially coming from Revengeance. I, I feel like as an expanded universe thing, uh, when Metal Gear Rising was, or I think it was Metal Gear, yeah, it was Metal Gear Rising, I feel like it, when it was first conceived it was actually way more connected to the metal gear like universe than it ended up being but it went through like three or four different reworks before it actually got made and i think that kind of made it more and more separated from like here's the thing if you were to play revengeance first you would play as raiden where he is a crazy cyborg ninja if you were to then go back to metal gear 2 or metal gear solid 2 he is not a ninja at all in fact, he is just a dude who, at the very end, gets a sword. It's not until Metal Gear Solid Four that he becomes a cyborg. Um, to kind of to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, Drew, like I think that really is like the gist of an expanded universe is to, well, not not the the sole reason, but one of them is to like take this nugget of something you might have liked and shown you, 
and like let the creator or author or something kind of expand out to give it more life and breadth and something like that. And I that's think... kind of why I was I was curious of like like with the near one of like hey is this a case where like the new thing overtook the original that's... and this and Metal Gear would be a hmm. case of like the new thing is like so different than the original thing it, it feels like it would almost be its own doodad. You know, I I kind of agree with that notion because uh, I, I was going coming from an understanding that like expanded universes aren't so much a new thing or sort of like a new added thing or something like that and more like looking at what the core of what that thing is from a different perspective because that's what Mm. odst did as a game it just took the halo series and looked at it from a different angle um and same with the i love bees thing is just let's take this particular thing and look at it from a different angle yeah Um, i guess we 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 landed on two really good examples of like the purpose of an of a expanded universe of like near and metal gear Mm -hmm. like it's like yeah you can you can do this whole thing or here's this other thing. Yeah, here we are. Holy shit. Guys, we're stupid. The only reason to do an expanding universe is to sell toys. No. Mm. No. Um, what was I going to... There, there was something I was... There was something I was going to ask about Metal Gear. where, But we kind of covered it of like... Metal Gear. Yeah, dude. Th- I'm, just, I'm just like losing my mind at the concept of if Revengeance is your very first introduction to Metal Gear, how would you envision the rest of this that's kind of true of near as well because near automaton yeah. especially is a high speed like action rpg that's true and yeah. the other ones are action rpgs but they're slow and janky that's true you, but the if, core gameplay of the original near and your automata is pretty similar mm-hmm. um like there's enough similarities that if you played the original near after playing your automata you'd be like oh okay like, well, yeah, this is like, slow and janky and real busted, but okay, I, I can it's, see it's how the this same, It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was trying to think if, like, the other, like, Dragon Guard 1 and 2, if you were to play that and be yeah, like... Yeah, that would be... <laughs> the Dragon Guard game's about flying on dragons. Yeah. Well, one thing we've kind of touched on a bit is that most of the time, expanded universes... I, I feel like in the popular mind of the expanded universe is like the marvel cinematic universe or comic stuff where there's like this your one character is actually part of a much bigger universe i don't know and... if there's any game series that do that other than stuff that, that other than comics that turn into games yeah um well well that's not true like like what? half-life did that metal gear did that where it's like that's your thing hmm. your thing is part of something so much bigger like half-life is a great example of that uh I guess what I was saying is one thing that games let you do with an expanded universe is, uh, and this is just a tangent as I try to formulate what I'm saying, games, because they are, they, they let you interact with it, they can pull somebody who does not like the original gameplay and get them in as well. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that's unique to a video game expanded universe. Like, yeah, if you don't like... Like it, well, I guess that's not necessarily unique because the expanded universe can be multiple mediums. That and like okay, but I don't think it's unique to games either. Like yeah, what got me was, what got yeah. me to like Full Metal Panic was their weird like off season. Fumofu, the Fumofu yeah. one. I loved Fumofu, but I could not watch season like the official season two of Full Metal Panic because I just hated the fucking drama. Yeah, in that series. that's that's actually exactly why Zach. I was kind of rolling like kind of dialing it back for myself where it's like like games like if you like metal gear and like the thought of it but you're not so hot on stealth maybe you'll like the high action stuff Mm -hmm. and by having that expanded universe 
you can have all these different mediums to pull a bunch of people in. But you're right that that that's kind of also a thing of expanded universes is to let is to try to reach out and grab as many people as possible to get them in. I just feel like games kind of uniquely do this thing where it's like you can almost more tailor make like an entire game just to like grab somebody and it's still like very official kind of deal. I was trying to think if I had another example of like an expanded universe. I, mean, I, I, I have many. Because I know Zach's uh, done two, Drew's done two, and I'm trying to think if I had one. I did. I did. Uh, no, the the uh, the one I could think of. It was actually one that Zach kind of reminded me of. Um, oh, the one I was saying. I have other ones. You can. You oh can... no no no. You you probably didn't realize you remembered me of this. Uh, reminded me of this. Uh, oh okay. It was about your I Love Bees arg and how oh, Bioshock yeah, yeah. Two kind of had. This is a very small expanded universe thing, but it was kind of right. neat. Yeah. Where yeah. the there is a thing, an arg for Bioshock Two called "There's Something in the Sea," hmm. and it was all about expand, like giving this greater side story to Bioshock Two, and it act. It's weird because I want to say like, oh, it's not really an expanded universe because it's not that big. It's more like a singular incident. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting because it it told the story of all of these girls who were being abducted near the coast. And as you play Bioshock 2, you find out why they were being abducted and what happened to them. But you were the something in the sea was you were getting clues from this guy named uh, Meltzer. And mm-hmm. Meltzer became such a fan favorite that they actually put him in the game as an Easter egg that if you didn't know who that was, it absolutely means nothing to you. But if you know who that is, it's the conclusion to this entire, like almost secondary narrative that they were telling because the secondary thing was all adventure game style puzzle things where like you'd be in a room and you'd be clicking around and be like, Oh, what am I looking for? It's like, Oh, you found a piece of the puzzle. Do this puzzle. Oh, that unlocks this other puzzle. Do this. Yada, 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 yada. I'm going to put money on it. Let me, uh, let me put some money down on this. Meltzer was a corpse you ran across over the course of Bioshock 2. Meltzer, uh, spoiler for this game that's almost 10 years old. Um, Very old. Meltzer is one of the big daddies that you kill in Bioshock 2. Oh. So, so what happens is uh, you are following him as a detective and you find out that all of these girls are being kidnapped because Sinclair, I think it's Sinclair, is capturing all these girls and converting them into little sisters to harvest Adam. And he eventually finds all of this out before even Bioshock one. And he gets down there and says, and his daughter's already been turned. So he's like, I just want to be with her. So how do I do that? And they turn him into like, do the procedure to make him a big daddy. And he is walking around with one of the little sisters in the final area. So if you kill all the, the big daddies in there, you're going to, when you kill him, his name switches from Big Daddy to Meltzer. It's like, oh. Um, uh, and it's like... Yeah, that's really good. Like, Bioshock 1 actually has a... I don't think I mentioned this in the first one, but I might have. Uh, it has a companion novel that I precedes Bioshock 1 that Ooh. talks about... That is the fall of Rapture. It's about how... That would be a good novel. <laughs> the I Actually, I own it if you want to borrow it. Ooh. Um, now I think about it, Bioshock does have a bit of an expanded universe, but yes, it does. None of it, but it's different than I think it's on a small, much smaller scale than some of the ones we've talked about. So I, I feel like I went on this rant before, so I'll try to keep this short. I feel like Bioshock Infinite, when it was trying, when it almost kind of ran out of steam on its own, decided to go back and tether itself to Bioshock One, and it did it in such a way that ir- like 
intrinsically changes part of parts of Bioshock and Bioshock on its own I felt was so solid that it didn't need anything like even two I don't really think it needed that but it was neat mm. that it was like more of it mm. but I didn't really feel like they needed to go back and like retroactively hook stuff into like Bioshock one yeah but yeah. this is a case of personal opinion I just feel like it kind of almost cheapens parts of Bioshock one because of the stuff that happens in infinite. Well, I mean, like, or the way they kind of hook themselves back in. Like I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can see that. And I, to an extent agree with you in the Bioshock realm. Like it, it's clear that like infinite was not something that was planned. Uh, I think it's an interesting question of like, when is it stepping over too far? Because like the negative side of an expanded universe is pretty much just what you said. Like, oh, well, it kind of cheapens everything and you're not allowed to have mm-hmm. an individual story anymore. So do you, actually, how about this? Do you think Infinite would have held up on its own had it not connected itself to Bioshock? I think it, for me personally, I think Infinite wouldn't have left kind of a sour taste on my mouth. And here's the weird thing about Infinite. This whole bit of it connecting so it back into Bioshock 1 was DLC for Infinite. You didn't need yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you knew there was a connection. You did, but how do I put this? Because um, I actually really like this question Drew posed of like, we like we've been saying like oh expanded universes are great because they they bring in new people they kind of explore and and change and like see the new universe of the story but when does it kind of overstep a bounds mm-hmm. and to me it was like because it would have worked had it just been a reference to it mm-hmm. like you know I, I, yeah I, I definitely agree with that i got to the end of the original infinite and i was like yeah, this is all right. All right, like you did a cheeky little reference to the previous. There's a neat scene, and I don't want to spoil it because I do think it's it's like the big set piece of the ending, where mm-hmm. Elizabeth does something, and you see a glimpse of what the player will understand to be is rapture, and that was mm-hmm. such a neat like callback. And then Infinite decides to try to not just explain its story, but then all of the other Bioshocks, and it's like all right hold on why mm. yeah and that was in the expansion that i didn't play so well that's not the, that's just in the base game the expansion okay. does it even more where it's like the expansion explains oh, how right. she like pe- like people in infinite caused the events of bioshock to happen yeah 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 and it was like wait a minute so it, it doesn't become this neat like fall or like fall of hubris on like somebody it's just this kind of happened yeah like, that's that's something that I, I I didn't like about it as as well. So is that like uh, they they basically by making it so that Infinite caused Bioshock One, you take away from the core premise of Bioshock One. But I actually I really like that, and I I pose that question back to you guys: of when does an expanded universe kind of maybe overstep its bounds, where it's like okay, actually I don't want this to expand that much i i think you're typically in in dangerous territory if you ever i'm almost i'm trying to think of it like if you're ever at a point where the story you're telling now requires you to have done your research on a side story that isn't like a pre-established sequel or prequel then i then i think every kingdom hearts game i mean yeah no i wanted i wanted to talk a bit about kingdom hearts just because to me you know that game is effectively an expanded universe of expanded universes right like the core concept is take all of disney and it's all connected um and then they're like oh by the way here's like a billion new characters 
that you don't know a ton about. And now you're mm-hmm. at a point where like I, I almost can't be bothered, which is a shame because all the games tend to be very solid mechanically. But there is that kind of problem of, okay, I don't know who this is. And I know you're trying with like a little like detail comic, but really this is... If I wasn't as already tied in as I was, there's no way I would pick up Birth by Sleep or yeah. or like uh, 357 billion days is... over the square root of pi. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't. Which is... <laughs> huh. Which is precisely why I don't pick this series. No, exactly. Up. You're a prime example. <laughs> and that's the, that's the terrible thing because... And I think Drew and I... Drew and I have mentioned this multiple times. Like, uh, we mentioned this in the supplemental content one. We mentioned this in the Kingdom Hearts one. It's a damn shame because Kingdom Hearts one and it's like core series of like one and two are actually legit like really fun games there is like spectacle and fun to be had there it's just like i feel like kingdom hearts would expanded and it was cool to a point and then it became too much well like i was cool with chain of memories because it i can play two and yeah there are bits where i'm like that's weird but, like, Chain of Memories kind of gets to the tipping point without quite going over because the core game's pretty much good enough. And the core conceit of that game is you forget everything to find your heart. Like, they they kind of baked in their a loophole in the concept of the game. Um, but, like, the other side games, like, Birth by Sleep is super cool. It's super cool. But it's also, like, you kind of need to, like, know where it fits in, you know? And... I think that typically, yeah. like, to get back to your core question, because at this point I'm just bitching about Kingdom Hearts, is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm down. I'm down for connected universes. I think while it can be a cynical move, it can also be a neat storytelling trick. It could be a neat just, like, thought exercise of, like, hey, what if we played as Virgil instead of Dante? What could happen? Um but I think in the case where I need all this extra content and all this extra information to just make sense of anything, then you got a bit of a problem. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm at. I, Yeah. I so, actually... Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Keep going. I was going to say, it almost sounds like one of the things that seems to work well for an expanded universe is you get to... you. You get to pick and choose which parts you want to yeah, do. Yeah. Kind of deal. Kind of. Like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the gist I'm hearing is like, hey, you know, it's cool to have this one thing. It's really neat to see them say, hey, this game had all the stuff you need, but we're going to take this bit, expand on it, and that you can take, if you want to, take that information and put it back into the main, and it feels like you've now opened up more stuff. Mm-hmm. And it feels good to see the media the thing do new stuff or like new gameplay or a new format Mm -hmm. but it also feels very optional you don't need to do all of this Mm -hmm. and it probably helps if like the the side stories are like of quality too right like like i think it's i think it's a matter of like if you if you connect something properly then you'll probably get a new sale or something but if it's like oh yeah here's this like crappy mobile game that i made but it's part of Mass Effect. You're gonna love it. Like I'm not gonna buy that. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want oh to yeah. Do that. Yeah. I get that. Um. And I, I kind of want to end us off on a particular series that. <laughs> okay. That, as far as I can tell, just is an expanded universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that Give is me. Warhammer 40k. Whoa. Well, Zach, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but Warhammer 40k takes place in space. God, you gotta. That shit's in that shit's in a universe, man. God. <sighs> <laughs> it is it, it's an entire galaxy 
Um, but, but I I will say that like is that, is that called up? There's for, all sorts of video games. For, it's it's a tabletop game at heart. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, Zach, for for the people at home who don't know what Warhammer is, oh. like me, in the grim dark future <laughs> of the forty first millennium, there is mm-hmm. only war. Oh good. Um, it is a tabletop game with a bunch of kind of humans, also regular humans. There's like a bunch of different factions you can play as. Um, and you collect a bunch of minis and they fight each other with dice. It's incredibly nerdy. Um, <laughs> to the point where it is actually a point if somebody says, I'm super into Warhammer, like, you might be too nerdy for me. Yeah. It's, I may need to leave. <laughs> I, I played, I played 40k. It's a very fun game. Um, it also takes up hours and hours of your time and way too much money. But, uh, uh, I, I would just say that the Warhammer 40k universe is utterly massive like gigantic incomprehensibly large mm-hmm. um and because of that you can write basically any story in that universe uh and you can reboot it as many times as you want and it doesn't really affect anything mm-hmm. uh and and like it, that is that is like an expanded universe that gets retconned every 20 fucking minutes <laughs> and it's fine <laughs> You know, we haven't covered that. Like when a, when when something just like likes to rewrite itself for the sake of shits and giggles. Uh. Listen, that's 40k in a nutshell. Oh like 40k God. used to like like okay, Warhammer 40k used to be like hair metal, uh, like hair metal satire uh, uh, is what I would call a product it. of its time. Like way back in the 80s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, product of its time. But it's like developed over the years, and they keep retconning themselves to like be the grim dark of the current day. I love this idea that it started off as parody, and then everybody who was super into it was like, what if we made it real, though? It's like, you just became what you were parodying. <laughs> but it happens sometimes. <laughs> like, 40K goes through these weird, like, decades-long cycles where it switches between parody and serious. Now, that's a that's an interesting question of, like, does a reboot count as an expanded universe? It fucking doesn't 40K. <laughs> well, yeah, like, 40K, I think it's, like, it's, like, understood that this thing is, like, all of them fall into the collective umbrella of this is all still happening. Yeah. But like, I definitely know that like sometimes a a company would like, we're going to do a reboot and it's like, okay, you've done a reboot or like a soft reboot. Sometimes do you actually pick up the expanded universe that the original hat like spawned or do you ditch it? I think if it's, this is like this, I Mm -hmm. I think uh, it might be the, the answer to that question might be the comics answer, which is if it's received well, then cool. It's a part of an alternative universe. If not, then it was a dream. Don't worry. (laughs) No, that's like, yeah, I definitely agree with that. My bad. Whose phone <laughs> on the podcast? We've been doing this for 30 odd years. <laughs> what universe are you in, dude? I'm not even 30. Uh, so I'm in the expanded universe of Nitwick Frontier, where oh it's 30 God. years in the future. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. I think we lost the plot a little. <laughs> yeah, but it's we, we, we got some cool side stories, though. We got some good lore. We did. That's right. Um, Sorry, I feel like we've derailed you. you. You were talking about 40K. I was talking about 40k, and that's fine because I want to stop talking about 40k. All right. Uh, mm. Because I want to get to the design club, really. Oh, do I you see guys have anything saying. more? Do you guys want to talk about anything else? I think I, I've said pretty much all I wanted to say on expanding universes. Uh, I think they're neat ideas when they're done well. They're really fun, and you know what? Hell, they're a lot. They're fun to get lost in every once in a while. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for nice. sure. Um, I would say I'm up. I'm ready for the design club too. Um, I will pour. 
Um, I'll save it for the pour outs. Just... Wait, why are we doing? Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I, it's more. It was a turn of phrase that went wrong. Um, I'll talk about it later. I'll have a. I'll have a very long pour out. It's gonna be like a good half a bottle pour out. Um, but let's do design. Oh goodness. Um, all right. All right, everybody. <laughs> design club time. <laughs> so, for this week's beautiful design club. How shall I put this? For this week's design club, the Nitwick Expanded Universe is here. Brainstorm ways to connect new stories to our own and create a beautiful, glorious universe of Nitwick-related like... content. Okay, so I feel like the Nitwick-related content... I feel like we do this already. Mm -hmm. Like, all of our side quests are basically Expanded Universe. Mm -hmm. That's right. And Listen, like, we all... We all meet in this one room every once in a while, but sometimes, like, Drew, you went missing for, like, a month, and it's, all Zach and I had was this TV in this room, and we watched anime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Oh, so you would, you would like a spin-off comic fantastic. of Drew's adventure during that month, is what you're saying. Um. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, but there's there's that, but then there's also the adventure of me and Adam without Drew watching a bunch of anime. Which was, I believe, an expansion of the universe. We got to see a good side of you. It was the anime side. And uh, yes. and it was lovely, and it makes guest appearances every so often during the core run. That <laughs> is questionable if that's the good side. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if it's the great side, but I will say there's also the part of our we have an expanded universe of just me and Drew talking about mythology. One time I got lost, and you guys were like, "Hey, let's go wander around in the woods looking for Adam." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing: I'm kind of realizing in the Nitwick universe, I feel like Nitwick is recorded in a cabin. <laughs> And we all happen to just show up here, and like there's a TV in here, and our record, and like a bunch of game consoles, and that's how you end up with like, well, Drew got lost. Do you want to just sit and in, sit inside, wait for him to come back? And, or it's like, so Adam's lost. Let's wander out of the woods and see if we can find him. Yeah, we're just we're just trapped in the woods. I, actually, wait a second, wait a second. I love this idea, and especially because like outside the cabin is like, because me and Adam, me and Drew go outside to find Adam. Mm -hmm. And that's where we talk about mythology, which means the cabin is within, like, a big mythological world. Mm -hmm. The cabin is stuck in the realms between, because yeah. that's how we had, like, hey, guys, it's winter. Look how icy and cold outside it is. And the next step, it's like, guys, it's summer. We're on the beach. <laughs> We're, we are a cabin on the beach. <laughs> I just, that's perfect. It's fucking amazing and perfect. Um... Okay, so then what about the Sonic episodes? Um, oh god, how, how do the Sonic episodes fit into the Nitwick expanded universe? I feel like it's like, I didn't get lost coming to the cabin. It's that you guys are just like, let's talk about Sonic. And I'm just like, fuck you, and walked away. You, know, I, you walk into the Nitwick cabin, and oh no, there's an infestation. <laughs> we have to get rid of it. I, I, how do you get rid of it? Talk, read, nit, read some Sonic fan fiction. That'll get rid of them. I feel like there's, you know what, there's a dark part in the woods where there are all these secret tones homes and that's the sonic fan fiction and every so often we pick one up <laughs> oh we read it to find out about the story of these young brave hedgehogs in high school oh my school. god wait a second and and i as the expert in all of this know that you're not supposed to fucking read it and that's why you're always so I mad like about it you're always like no guys don't i like we, this we idea. don't want to read the spell book leave the necronomic the, the necrosonicon alone leave it alone <laughs> all right so just so you know this Anytime we do a Nitwick, like, Sonic High School one, it's, well, guys, better end, let's go down to the basement and see what we found today, or we must once again read from the Necrosonicon. <laughs> Chapter 9, Sonic High School. Hold up, hold up, the Necrosonicon 
is in the basement. Do you realize oh that we're God. that Nitwick is essentially uh, Evil Dead? Uh, yeah, we've done Wait. it. <laughs> like, like, oh my God, I'm so down for like. I always thought it'd be really cool if we had like some weird like expanded thing where we keep referencing like a singular area. So now it's like, yeah, Nitwick is just recorded in this like like fucking dimension jumping cabin and in the basement is like horrible tomes that we like dig up like what's this it's the necrosonicon oh god get that out of here (laughs) why are we creating this shit is canon this shit is canon now (laughs) we've done it It, it's so good to be in this cabin with you (laughs) oh my god oh god i mean we kept talking about being in the same room so this is just the expansion we are in we are in the same room we find that's that's true (laughs) But now we know what the room is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Everybody, anytime it's like, yeah, we have all of our game knowledge, but like when we do like a game special, it's like, guys, do you want to talk about this game I was playing? Just hold it up. I'm like, yeah, it's worth We brought it into the cabin. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And every time we have a guest on, it's just, we invited someone over to the cabin. And, and every time we, we have a meeting, we're going out to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, that's just true. We're leaving just, the cabin. That's just what we do, Drew. <laughs> I know, but now now it's tied to we live in the cabin, we breathe in the cabin, we're one with the ship. Oh, but we're hungry. Let's go get some food. I guess that works. I, I see like this, this is idea why this is why I promote the idea of us having like at some point having a meeting that's also a podcast. I like this idea a lot because it's <laughs> it ties so much random crap together. It's like, oh yeah, we're all in a single room. People get lost in the forest. How does that happen? Well, it's also dimension hopping. Why do we keep finding, reading these terrible things? It's like things? the magic we, fucking school bus, but a cabin. We, I was going to say, it's almost like we show up to the, uh, are you afraid of the dark midnight society of like, go to the cabin to talk about Nitwick. <laughs> it's perfect. I love it. I feel like God. I feel like that's that's our design club. Like that was like that's honestly our most productive fucking design club. The Nitwick expanded universe. The Nitwick expanded universe. Oh, oh man, I'm loving it. <laughs> Start yeah, just posting ready. random creepy pictures of cabins. Well, no, hold up, hold up. This is great. Well, no, Zach, you have your you have your Instagram account though, yeah. I do. Um, get me that scary cabin <laughs> picture, boy. I mean, I don't like. I take really close up pictures of things. Do you want me to get? No, you know, we'll talk about that after. But boy, I really like this idea. This reminds me a lot of like, uh, well, it reminds me of some of my my favorite like reviewing groups where they've like, yeah, they also have this weird, goofy like continued story. <laughs> I would not mind continuing this and having random events happen at the cabin. Oh. Yeah, all right, yeah, I like it. Um, guys, I feel like for the first time. I really am in this room with you. <laughs> but Adam, we've always been here. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about either. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's, I think it's pour-outs time, y'all. Pour-outs and, and yeah, toasts. Right. What we got. Oh, yeah. I, I just, can um, I can I raise a toast to the Elder Scrolls series for having such an amazing expanded universe? Mm. Like, it is so cool. Mm. So cool. I like it. I like it. I'll, I'll toast to that. I'll toast to that. Yeah, yeah. I, we didn't really talk about it, but yeah, I always thought it was really cool how, like, they're kind of disconnected, but always really kind of connected with each other. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's pretty neat. Mm, yeah. Different eras. Um, I, I wanted to do a toast. Um, so, the Walking Dead uh, minigames, not minigames, uh, the Walking Dead episodes from Telltale, they're all pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they follow the exploits of... Uh, 
of Clementine. Uh, your, your, your little, yep. your little friend, your little friend. Um, yep. but they did do a pretty interesting, uh, spinoff episode called 400 Days. And what it did is it was very much what we talked about earlier. It kind of dove into the lives of other people going through the apocalypse at the time. Um, and there actually are nods to it in season two. And I thought it was a really clever way of expanding that universe, uh, taking a look at what the games were offering and kind of like just digging deeper in a bit more of a unique way. Um, it, it sort of fits pretty closely to the way I feel about Portal um, in the sense that I feel like, man, huh. this is a really sweet way they chose to kind of fill gaps in, in, uh, in their story. And I just want to give a toast to it. If, uh, if anyone's not played it, I highly recommend it. It's very fun. It's very fun, and it, nice. it gets grim dark. Nice. Nice. It gets nice. grim dark. Nice. Yeah. Oh, hmm. the grim. Yeah, yeah I remember <clears throat> that one coming out. I, I think I ha- I got a free code for it, like some Telltale event. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> thanks, I guess. <laughs> I might check it out sometime. But I also don't like scary things. Ooh, well, oh, well, that's weird. Well, that's you're in. Well, you're in for a rough right? ride, kid. It's more about the folly of man. And how about how about this? Mm-hmm. We hang out sometime. Pull up on the good old computer mm-hmm. we play it together oh that's a great now idea yeah, bring a it, that's a great idea yeah, bring it in the cabin we play it yeah. sometime yeah. yeah sounds good <laughs> all right so let's see um do i have any pour outs i, I actually I, I have a big toast but i kind of if we we're gonna do like some bits after the podcast i'd love to gush about it more there right. yeah but i want to give a toast one of my dreams came true mm. and I'm going to give a toast to Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I want to toast it now in case nobody wants to hear Adam gush about this, but literally one of my dream, one of my huge personal dreams came true. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to play that game. Yeah. yeah. Is it on um, Switch? And I don't think I have any. Oh, I have another. Oh, okay. Never mind. All right. <laughs> here another, we go. Come another, on. I have a toast. And I will give a mini movie review after if necessary. Mm-hmm. I give a toast to The Meg. A movie I went and paid money for. And? What the fuck is The Meg? <laughs> I will tell you in a minute. Oh, okay. That well, movie was higher quality things. than I thought it would be. Mm. Oh, it, nice. It, it was so stupid, but a toast to it. Glorious. All right. Well, there's just um, one thing left to do. Yes, there mm. is. Hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson... If you're going to build an army in 40k, there's a few things you need beforehand. You need some glue, you need some... You definitely need an X-Acto knife. You're going to need a whole lot of paint. Though you don't have to get the Games Workshop ones. You can get some better stuff at Michael's. And for cheaper, too. But, most importantly, you're going to need a buttload of cash. And that's the lesson of the day. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Zach. Thanks, Zach. Now I know I need to get this this cash... (laughs) get that money mm. get that paper get that money mm-hmm. uh, alright alright listeners thank you for listening to us as we talk all about the video games and all the knickknacks in between uh, if you like what you heard and you want to contact us you can reach us on twitter facebook or at teamnitwick at gmail.com that's team nit at gmail.com uh, this week wait yeah wait that's just team knit it's team nit oh, God. <laughs> at gmail.com hold up <laughs> Allow me to rewind that one. Like I was saying, 
Um, you can reach us at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team N-I-T-W-I-C. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, this week's music by Pro Leader. Great guy. Great albums. I recommend you, you give him a listen. Maybe even buy some of his stuff. Um, next week's episode is going to be a little bit of a secret. A little bit of a surprise. We're going to be teasing it out on Twitter. So, you know, maybe check that out. And that's what I done got. We are going to transition on over to the after hours of Nitwick. And we hope to see you there. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> unless you're sticking hard. around, in which case, come with me. And that's. I guess let's move from the. Guys, come with the. Come on, walk on down with us into the basement. Go, come on. Wait, oh, no, no, no. Right. After yeah, hours is in the attic. The after hours is in the attic. The basement is for Santa. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Don't the go in the basement. That place is I thought scary. we were just going to sit on the couch, but all right, let's go upstairs. <laughs> would, after hour, would after hours take place? Oh, we could edit in like a fucking rickety stair sound. Effect. Yes, we can. I guess um, there's a lounge in the attic. Mm-hmm. I guess that's yeah, why like we a, go to the attic. Got some couches, yeah. Yeah. some wine. There's a there's a bar up in the attic. That's kind of nice. It's that's, Nitwick after hours. Some playing cards. So they're all magic yeah. cards. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Who they're all magic a- cards. <laughs> Who keeps this bar well stocked? Um... It's always seemed to be. Well, we. I mean, I've made some deals. Yeah. That's oh, all. Okay. I've just made. I made some deals for this cabin, man. Thank God, man. I. I never seen me walk in or out, so I was scared that it was ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my. So no, don't worry about it. I want to tell Wait, you. Time out. Time out. I have. I have an expanded universe potential thing here. I don't know how okay, you guys I'm feel so about excited. this. Um. You open this floodgate, Adam. Okay. I know. I'm so excited. So I know we're in a cabin in the woods. What if it wasn't just a random cabin? What if it was Keenan's cabin? And we're just there while he's not. <laughs> nah, no, I like that it's literally just a random cabin. I like that... I like the random cabin. Right. We get a lot more lateral with it. Right, fair enough. And fair enough. Plus, it's dimension it be, hopping. I'm not going to lie. It'd be real fucking awkward hanging out in Keenan's family's cabin. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, So what you guys got for after hours? I have a couple... Thing. Well, you seemed excited about something. Why don't you? Why don't you just hit us with it right now? <laughs> okay, I've got three things yeah. I can think of. Uh, one, guys, literally, I woke up. I I was like, oh, good morning. I'm gonna. I reach over, open up my laptop. I I go to like. I think it was. I actually think it was Kotaku that morning. I was like, oh, what what's what's new in game world? Fucking right there in front of me was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered announced for Switch and PS4. <laughs> My dudes, I have never gone from zero to a hundred so fast. That's and so I, weird. I okay. actually, I actually think I started like gasping for air in excitement. Because like, <laughs> I almost didn't believe it was happening. I thought it was like, I thought it was fake until I saw the trailer. I was like, oh my God. It's, it's you know, what's really, you know, what's super funny about this is uh, I learned about it and I, I know some people who are as into it as you are. And mm-hmm. I just saw it and was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that friend's gonna be super into this, and that was it. I had like the most neutral reaction to this. <laughs> well, because if you haven't really played it or were, the thing is this is that for me, um, Crystal Chronicles was a very kind of niche game to get into on the GameCube mm-hmm. because you needed so many parts to actually play it. And then they yeah. tried, they tried doing an expanded universe with this game by making all these like side games to it, but none of them really took off like the GameCube one because it just didn't have the charm or kind of the the pieces that really made the first one so good. So I thought there's no, nobody wants to spend money on this super niche game and bring it back. But 15 years later, 15 years later, somebody's like, yeah, we should do that one. It's like, Oh, I knew the switch was a perfect fit for you. 
Actually, how how does that work? Because don't you need gonna... like a like a Game Boy or something to play it, or what? What are the so on the game on the GameCube? You needed a GameCube to play the game. You needed four Game Boy Advances for each player mm-hmm. and four game adapter cables. Mm. Do you know how hard it was to get all that shit to actually play Yo, this game? Yo, I tried yeah, to play yeah, Four yeah, Swords. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a fraction of that pain. That is some pain. That is some pain, dude. But it's real now. But yeah, I, I was I'm very excited. I'm probably I'm debating with myself because a part of me wants to get it on the PS4 because I feel like some of my friends would play it if I got it on there. But I really want to get it on my Switch. So Dude, get it on your Switch. It it feels I so might. much more suited to a Switch. You said that yourself. I I know that's, and that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, man, it feels like it'd be better. It's weird because it feels like it'd be better to play it on the Switch. And for me personally, because it's a Nintendo, it was a Nintendo game. I played it there first. I want to play it on the new Nintendo thing. I have a feeling though more people be up to playing it on the PS4. Mm. Um, yeah, it's weird because it's like I mean it's I'll like, play it with you on the Switch. Yeah, uh, and I I. I'm debating because it's like part of me thinks, well, the PS4 is probably easier for more people because I don't know if everybody has Switch, mm-hmm. um, but I would love to play it on my Switch. So I may end up getting like, I may end up getting on a Switch and like get it later on PS4, like a super discount or something. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. I like it. I like it. Um, um, well, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, okay. I, I You know somebody that I um I recently got into what up? is hmm. uh, I was feeling really sick for a while and... I started playing the living shit out of Stardew Valley. Oh, was that one of the? That was one of your games that, that you was, said you kind of wanted to get into, but yeah. just didn't. Yeah, I know. And then like a week later, I started feeling sick, and I was like, "I need a game that's not Overwatch because that hurts my stomach." You know, I actually thought it'd be really. Uh, I'm really glad you brought that up because I always, I thought it'd be really neat if 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 any of us actually ever did get into those games, we do like a a mini follow up episode of like, "Hey, I got into this. Here's what I think." Yeah, actually, I'd love to do a mini that was just me talking about Stardew Valley and how nice and relaxing it is. <laughs> it's so that game is so comfy. I it knew is. it was gonna be. I know. I mean, I can't. I, I I do what I always do, and I just looked up how do I date Leah, and then <laughs> I just went like, listen, Leah's the best. And I like that Zach's mo is how do I get this girl? Pretty no, much. I no, I just started the game going like, I know I can date somebody at some point, so I'm gonna pick somebody and I'm gonna date them. Jer, did you play that one? Um, uh, which one? Which one is this? Star- Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. No, I I haven't. The, the, the kind of harvest, harvest moon. moon. It is. It is harvest moon. Um, like I keep hearing good things. I, I think with me, it's a matter of like it's the Minecraft thing, right? It's like it feels like two D Minecraft, as far as I can tell. And I'm like, nah. But there's a lot hmm. more to it. You 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 might be surprised. Um, oh, you know what? I'm it's... thinking of. Um, here's the thing. Stardew Valley. I know what you mean. I'm thinking of this Terraria. Terraria. I'm thinking of Terraria. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. It's it's a different game. It's it's a farming simulator. So it's a lot. Like the whole point of the game is to be have this sort of like relaxing flow to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like the game's not very dangerous at all. Um, there... Most of the game comprises of just going into town, talking to people. Like, you wake up in the morning, you water your plants, you pick up the eggs off of your chickens, um, you, you go into town, you say hi to everybody. Sometimes it rains, and then on that day, you go into the mine and go kill a bunch of monsters. It's Wait, wait, wait. There's a dungeon crawling aspect to this? <laughs> yeah, there's a dungeon crawling part. <gasps> oh, no! It's perfect! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very... It, I don't know if I'd call it optional, but it is... Um, 
Is this like monsters in the cave? Or yeah, yeah. There's, there's a mine, and so you go down to the know, levels of the mine. I didn't staff. know that was even a part of this game. Yeah, no, totally part of it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, um, maybe I and, look at this. and so like, and you know, you just go to different places. The shops only open at certain times of the day, so you kind of have to plan your days a bit. Like, there's been multiple occasions where I'm like, oh, I need to go to this shop today, but I wanted to do these other things. Well, okay, I can go there tomorrow. Like, it is a game. It's 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 relaxing enough of a game that I'm not worried that each day is wasted. Like each hmm. day feels sort of like meaningful, but also like eh, you can get it done tomorrow as well. I may have to try this out, and then when we do our follow up episode, you and I can gush about it because it yeah, sounds no, it's, it sounds good. It's very fun. Drew, did you have anything to talk about for after hours? If not, I can <laughs> go into your meg review. Go off about um. Oh meg. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, I, I, to piggyback on ta, onto your Switch thing, um, a game was announced for Switch, and um, is it Metro Point Five? No, no. <laughs> okay. But um, it effectively had me going. Okay, I'm fucking buying this shit. Um, and it's fun for me because it completes the cycle because it is Luigi's Mansion Three. And oh right! I bought a GameCube in part because I really wanted to play Luigi's Mansion. Like I was like, "Fuck it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna like rally all of my allowance together and like mow lawns and shit and do all this." Um, and I love that game. It's perfect. Um, it's perfect for me. And now they're making another one, and I won't play it real bad. And it's like, well, that is done deal. Yeah, and it's like, like I kind of knew I was like tethering towards the Switch no matter what, but now it's just like, oh god damn mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, they've got you by the balls. They were like, we'll get yeah. him with one ball by announcing Metroid Prime 4. Get his other ball by announcing Luigi's Mansion 3. Yes. Yeah. There's no There's, way he can escape. My weakness I'm not going to lie. My weakness is single-digit numbers. Who knew? <laughs> there is there is a massive pile of Switch games that I'm just like, I need to play this. Does it blow your mind how well the Switch is doing? I mean, it does. Not at I, all. I thought It, it released... And it had, like, it, it put the big Legend of Zelda game out that was a massive hit. They put the big mm-hmm. Mario game out. Like, I was looking at the Switch going, like, this is probably going to do well. So and then it just let, was a smash hit. Let me let me recontextualize this question, this statement for you. Um, the Nintendo Wii did yeah. phenomenal because it had, it was brand new for motion controls. And it launched with a fucking brand new Zelda game, tailor-made for it. And that demo that just showed off the motion controls. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like they were on board, but when they fumbled the Wii U and continued to fumble it for years, I actually thought, like, dude, Nintendo may not know what they're doing. It blew me away how... like, And I like, I agree with you totally, Zach. I knew it would do well because it had Breath of the Wild going <clears throat> with it. I didn't realize how much it would take off. Like, I knew it would be like... I was super skeptical. Yeah, that ship will sail. It's like, oh, I didn't know it would make a round trip and come back again. I was super skeptical. And go out for... I was like, I don't want to buy a, a tablet. This seems silly. But, like, I, I've been made a believer. Like, shit. It, it has so much unique, fun stuff on it. You know? It, and, like... Mm. it's continuing to do did you know 17 new switch games came out last week Yo, they're, that, they're, yeah. what? there there's a ton of ports there's a mountain of ports there there's a ton yeah, but they're like, good everybody ports. just wants to play they're ports that i want it's yeah dude it's they're fucking remaking the world ends with, with you switch. and putting it on switch again like it, that's great it makes me so happy yeah <laughs> i i need to get around to mario at some point, I'll, I'll switch it in. But boy, Zelda's... Oh, Zelda. Hmm. Hey, hey, Adam. Dude, yeah. I put so many hours into Zelda. Uh, it was I so good. I haven't even touched... 
I haven't even touched the DLC to go do like the extra dungeons and story bits. And I don't even care about doing that. I just had a bunch of fun with it, and I'm good. No, I, it, like that's the thing about that DLC. It's like it's here if you want it, but you, if you don't want it, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um. What was it? It was like uh, I don't know. I just I just find the weed to be the sorry the the switch should be really fun to play with. I do too. I like them. Yeah. Um. Speaking of things that are that are fun. I want to give a mini excellent transition. Uh, a mini review of a movie I recently saw. Is it the Meg? Have you guys? Do you guys know what the Meg is? Uh, I, I have I no do. fucking idea. I'm gonna go look this up. I vaguely okay, so know what the Meg is. That's a megalodomadon. Do me a favor, Zach. <laughs> oh, it's it's about the Megalosharks. It, it's the Meg is about these people that are in this underwater base, and they're like, "Wow, listen, this premise was act was like super stupid." So what if the bottom of the Marianas Trench isn't the bottom and it's actually condensed particles that are sitting there and forming a protective layer that we could go through? It's like, all right, hold up, what? Uh-huh. So imagine the Marianas Trench and where the bottom of it is, right? Yeah. Imagine that's not actually rock. That's actually a layer of sediment that is being held together by ocean currents that is actually preventing us from seeing through to the actual bottom of the ocean. And so these guys figure out a way to get through that. And when they do, it's, uh, they find out that it's all prehistoric because it's been so well preserved and there's a giant shark out there. And then Jason Statham ha- is a, is a retired like rescue diver who would go down for like ocean floor rescues. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he was younger, his sub was attacked by a, a Megalodon and he left his crewmates cause he was trying to save the people he was sent down to save but nobody believed him. He's like, oh, it's a shark. I'm like, it's not a shark. But turns out it was. It's... I went in expecting a sci-fi original pictures level of quality. Mm-hmm. I want my money back. That was too high quality. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually better than I was expecting it to be. Like, So me and my cousin Rob. Hi, Rob, because I know you're listening. Hello, we Rob. Went to go see I met this. you once. We went to go see this because we were like, me and him... I've watched all the Sharknado movies together. This is a tradition to go see the stupid monster flick. Unfortunately, this was only... Yeah, that was kind of vaguely dumb, but overall really enjoyable. Like, that's actually pretty fun. Um, When that comes out on DVD, I may pick up a copy and force you both to watch it. I'm down. Interesting. I'm down, but I'm going to be drinking. I've also never seen a movie more, like, fucking paid for by China. (laughs) Like that. Oh, really? You can... Zach... You can tell somebody in China was like, I'll fund this movie if you do everything I say. It's like, oh, uh, okay. Oh, lordy, lordy. It's one of those movies. I mean, it sounds like a ball of fun. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm, you, you, you oh, talk it's... about it like a threat, like, I'll make you watch it. But like, I'm, I'm kind of down. No, you, you'll, you'll like it. It's, it's it basically what it is trying to be and actually succeeds at doing is being the modern day Jaws. Mm. Granted, it's more, it's way cheesier than Jaws. But it's still the same deal. Huh. So like a like a Jaws sequel that isn't terrible. Oh. Now hold up just a minute. Are you trying to say that Jaws Four: The Revenge is terrible? I mean, I was I was gonna because you would be right. I was, I was gonna throw some at it. Jaws 3D, but I didn't even know they made a four. <gasps> Whoa! You take that back about Jaws 3D. That that movie showed me what 3D could really do. Oh, I see. Oh my have god. You, have you seen those scenes? The 3D scenes from Jaws 3D. I, I saw this scene. It's like a no. slow moving shark going towards the screen, and the 3D's like. It, it's back when they had like the nice like red blue my dudes i was watching this as a kid and i was actually like scared because like oh my god all of the people are stuck underwater the shark oh god whose phone's going off it's my phone 
I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's good because now each um, one of us have had our phone go off on the same episode. It's perfect. It, it, it's it's the cycle. Yeah, huh? but I was. I mean, I was we need one like, more. Honestly, somebody called Drew. No, no, like, mine already went off. Like, oh, I'm so oh, somebody called Zach. I was like, oh, I'm so scared. The guys are gonna get eaten by the sharks. And then you see like this fucking toy in front of a green screen, just like, oh, I, this movie's not scary. This movie's very dumb. Mm. This, this movie's just stupid. <laughs> Never mind. It's how I I think that movie single handedly made me not afraid of CGI monsters. Whereas like this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Mm. <laughs> I can't believe this is so dumb. You hit your breaking point at a young age. Um, That's probably for the best. Speaking of things that are dumb, I. I don't know if you guys want to stick around, but I, I wanted to give my example of a series that explained too much and became stupid. Um, please do. I'm excited. Okay. Uh, well, I guess this is kind of, this is going to be massive. Uh, kind, I'll try not to spoil this too much. Did you guys, are any of you guys keeping up with Attack on Titan? No. Here's the thing. I, I was in an, I was into Attack on Titan up until, up until like episode eight. And then I was like. Hmm. Mm. so i won't spoil anything and i'm not going to go into it but i just want to say that was my example of an inverted universe that zach proposed where it's like <laughs> oh yeah no no there's so much it's actually collapsing on itself and becoming stupid oh, really <laughs> don't explain all of this shit this is so stupid can, can you give me like yeah. a high level idea of where we're at now because last i checked we were like still trying to get to the basement we... my dudes we found out what was in what the was basement, in the basement? guess what it's it's an allegory for Nazis. Oh, what? <laughs> what? You thought you thought all of the German you thought all of the German names was a coincidence, but no, this is actually an al- this has greater allusions to the Jews being rounded up and held in concentration camps by Nazi Germany than anything Wait, else. So what 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 is in the basement? What specifically is in the basement? Oh, it, it, in an explanation of how what I just said makes sense. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, so like... Uh, basically, there is a race of... Spoiler! If you don't want to know what happens in Attack on Titan, go home. Leave. Get out of the cabin. Go home. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, door's right over there. All right, Drew. Don't trip. Here, like, I'm, I can spoil this for you. Okay. Oh, okay. and I'm gonna get to this. Okay. Uh, it turns out that the people who are in the walls are actually descendants of this race of people that could become Titans, and these people were overthrowing, like, the Earth until this other group fought back and basically push them all the way back into this one island Mm -hmm. which is the island that the entire series takes place on and they're like okay we won't come out but if you attack us we'll release we'll unleash hundreds and hundreds of titans on you and to make sure that nobody actually went outside the wall that's they did this whole thing of let's wipe their memories and we'll tell them that oh these titans are attacking us and we need to stay in the walls where we're safe but in reality those people are actually like prisoners that have been turned into titans to act as watchdogs to make sure nobody goes out so, so wait are the titans and, just the dominant race on the planet or or what no. well so they this is where it's really stupid it's because they were an antagonizing force like they were like going out and destroying like the world and then one group of people pushed them back but then the people that pushed them back are now being painted as the villains because they're like well we're too hard on them it's like well yeah you were too hard on them they should rise up and kill you again. It's like, but but they were destroying the world. And so the cycle of violence continues. Yeah, that's where they're going. That's what they're going for. I see. As you try to expand this story, it got dumber and dumber and dumber. I, yeah. I see. Now everybody's a titan. <laughs> okay, well. Listen, man. I know. Listen, listen. 
when they brought the main character back from death, I knew the show was going down. I, I disagree because I thought that was actually kind of a neat twist. It's like, oh, he's dead. And it's like, no. oh, they brought him back. Well, here's how I was hoping it would go. I was hoping Aaron would not become almost like the... He has his moments of indecision and stuff like that. But I was almost, almost more hoping he'd have more of a, a hero complex than he ended up having. Where he's like, I need to do this because I need to... I'm the only one that will come back. So I can't afford to do all these things. But no, he just ends up being kind of dumb mm. about yep. it. And kind of, uh, he doesn't listen or or try to understand where other people are coming from. He's just like, I'm going to kill these Titans to get revenge. It's like, but my dude, you're so much more important than you realize. Yep. He's like, so yeah. he, so I, he's I got know. the the anime, uh, I'm trying to think of it. Like, he feels like a trope then. Like the... Well, so he's kind he of... Is. Like he Naruto. was. He's, and he's they almost actually, Naruto in, in that sense then. No. Dude, no. How do Naruto I is... Naruto has actual hope in his heart. Mm. Aaron just cares about murdering things. Oh, I see. And, like, Aaron does kind of get better where he, like, does realize, like, I need to be doing stuff. So he does get better. But then the series does a time skip and jumps to an entirely new set of characters that I don't give a shit oh, about. No. Wait, like, wait, yeah, did, you did, they, did, you did they time skip out of Aaron? Yeah, to older What the Aaron. fuck? And it's like, fucking, what? Yeah, Attack on Titan, I stopped reading that and it got really dumb. And it's like, oh, like, you didn't need to describe, you didn't need to explain all of this. This was, I, I understand this, this might have been like what the story was going for the entire time. That was stupid. This is very dumb. Welcome to Mysterious Anime. This is what happens with Mysterious Anime. It's like 75% of the time it ends up being fucking stupid. Can 25% of the time it ends up being like, holy shit. I and I say... count the near series as part of this. It's a very <laughs> mysterious game until you play it. And then you're like, holy shit. I, I just want to say, like, one of the things I've noticed is that there's a I think I feel like I've said this before, and I think I've actually told Drew this before. Uh, I feel like any show that builds itself on like, oh my god, any character can die, is eventually going to become boring and stale because at some point you do need to progress the story, mm-hmm. and that means people need to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I mean, listen, the game of the the sorry, like, the Song of Ice and Fire series that Game of Thrones mm-hmm. TV show is based off of, people can still die at any point. They can. But, like, were they dying? But there's now characters that are like, yeah, these people came back. Yeah, these people aren't dying. That's true. Like, there is a there is a smaller cast. There, There's a degree to how this works. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like we Game all thought Thrones... Rob was going to be a deal. And then... Oh. And then that happened. I'm watching it right oh. now, you guys. He got yeah. P- <laughs> this dude got POV chapters. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that's that was my example of, like, boy, maybe we didn't need all that explanation mm. the other thing Guys, is that the, mm. the other thing is that uh and the song of ice and fire series is not nearly as bloodthirsty as the tv show is like mm-hmm. people don't die all that often it's far more common for someone to get captured than killed mm, that... and i feel like that has more weight because like they aren't all dying it's like so when they die it's like oh yeah yeah they, that no, was sudden not like you're not sitting there going like oh who's gonna die who's gonna die who's gonna die it's like no if somebody dies that's kind of a big deal mm. yeah yeah no i definitely agree there Gentlemen, gentlemen, I... I'm Guys, go I got... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, I need to get out. I need to go home. So I'm going to leave this cabin. I see. All right, All right, cool. Yeah, see you next week, All right. man. Well, bye, guys, bye, bye, everybody. See you in a couple bye. weeks. Bye. Have a good one, everyone. Good night. Bye. bye.